This is Retails, Conversations with Profit Protection, the podcast that talks direct with retailers about all things loss prevention, with your host, Nicole Smith. Did you know that the Profit Protection Future Forum is the only not-for-profit industry body promoting the interests of retail loss prevention professionals in Australia and New Zealand? Hi there and welcome to the show. On today's episode, I'm talking with Amelia Aidy, Loss Prevention and Compliance Manager from Cookeye Australia. Amelia started her career on the reception desk at Cookeye 12 years ago and has moved through the business as a Retail Administration Coordinator to Loss Prevention Coordinator and now to her current LP role, including Compliance. Amelia has a solid customer service background, so a lot of her decisions are based upon how her strategy will affect the customer as well as the Cookeye business. Thanks for coming in today, Amelia. No problem. Thanks for having me. So you must know the business inside out. And I saw on LinkedIn uh, a couple of weeks ago that you just uh, hit the 12-year market at Cookeye, which is fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. I know it's a bit <laughs> scary being there a third of my life pretty much. So. <laughs> so what I'm keen to learn about is how you get your store teams interested in shrinkage and the strategies and incentives that you've implemented to encourage participation and compliance within the stores. So in your introduction, I mentioned the different roles that you've had at Cookeye. How did you become interested in loss prevention? Um, I actually didn't know that it was a proper role to be had because we did not have loss prevention as a role in Cookeye before myself. We had a retail, uh, sorry, a risk and systems manager. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't solely focused on loss prevention. It was more of a... uh, in regards to tagging and all those kind of things, in loss prevention pieces, but not necessarily um, preventative measures, mm-hmm. more uh, reactive to loss happening within the business. Mm-hmm. Um, stock take was a bit of a uh, ticking the boxes in regards to finance rather than investigating and all that kind of thing. So uh, when the risk and systems manager left to move elsewhere, she um, asked if I wanted to do it and... That's how we became loss prevention. <laughs> Fantastic. And so clearly you're enjoying it from there. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. I pretty much say to everyone, no day is the same. It's it's a very exciting role and I get to touch so many different parts of the business as well. Fantastic. And now you've got a new team member? Yes. I just uh, had a new um, assistant, well, a, an assistant start mm-hmm. this year. So she's been a lot of help and just made my... My world a lot easier being able to focus on high level um, strategies rather than just trying to keep up with everything that's going on is starting to plan and yeah. Because there's been a fair bit of change in the cook eye business over the last couple of years. Yeah. And growth. Yeah, lots of growth. <laughs> <laughs> so it's hard for you to do it all by yourself then, I imagine. Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely near that support, um, being able to do the day-to-day things and hand those over. Um, and yeah, being strategic is been a big game changer for me this year as to how we can improve and what can we improve and training and all those bigger picture things Mm -hmm. that I just didn't really have time to really focus on and get the data out of as well. Um, When it's just you doing things, you kind of do reports and uh, don't really get the time to really filter through everything and see how things have improved or what's what has worked and what hasn't you just kind of 
run reports and yeah. go, here's, the here's the data there. bag. Yeah. There's no analysis. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think everyone has that problem. Yeah. Because there's not, there's never a, a resource that's just sitting there analysing data. Yeah. <laughs> Which, that, would, that would be a horrible job. Yeah. In but my I, opinion. I love that. <laughs> See, I love the analysis. I just, yeah, been really time poor in regards to doing it. I really like showing what I have done has made a difference. And, and numbers really support that. Yeah. So, like, being able to do an analysis on your data really, really helps. And I guess it takes the emotion out of it as well, yeah. the, the hearsay. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I did do yeah, that. I really feel that this helped. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so tell me, how have your skills been an advantage to establish, establishing a loss prevention strategy for Cook High, especially those customer service skills? Yeah, I guess um, when implementing different processes or... I guess policies and procedures, You knowing what a normal customer transaction is and what normal friction points is for a customer, uh, it really helps you develop a way to be compliant in regards to trying to prevent fraud or whatever it might be, but also knowing what a real customer transaction is and trying not to prevent those from happening and understanding that sometimes something that looks fraudulent is not and it's just, it's a genuine customer trying to um, trying to just make a purchase. It's, it's hard in LP yeah. because you're always looking for the negative. You're always looking for the bad person. Yeah. And I work closely with the customer service girls. We're in the same um, kind of area, so I get their feedback a lot of the time in regards to, oh, this sounds really sus and when you with that experience, knowing what a genuine customer is doing, what a genuine fraudster is, mm-hmm. you're able to pick that up a lot quicker and give that real-time approval in regards to shall we allow this transaction or those kind of things or what? how can we change this policy and how we do things to make sure we don't have to pause and confirm mm-hmm. and try and make all transactions seamless. So do you have a store's background? I did not start in the store. Or I've worked a little bit in the stores, so mostly the clearance stores because mm-hmm. they're a lot of lot of fun and hectic. <laughs> um, but not no, not retail focused. I've been always admin focused. Mm-hmm. So, how do the stores find having with this when it was a newly created role? How did they find that? Did they embrace it? At first, I'm going to say, well, probably didn't get as much feedback in regards to how they thought the role was going, but probably a little bit of pushback because the first thing I did was, or along with my mentor, was to revamp all our policies and procedures. Mm -hmm. So we made everything like really watertight and just went back from the, the very beginning and made sure that everything was very clear cut and if you had to pull someone up on a policy there was a policy or doing something incorrectly or wrong there was a policy to support that and it was clear what the expectations were for the staff Mm -hmm. so obviously giving them a whole bunch of no you can't do this kind of (laughs) things isn't well received but it made um, expectations really clear which it also helped. I, I think that's appreciated by the people who are doing the right thing. Absolutely. Is, yeah, clear expectations. Yeah, fantastic. So had you noticed that over the last couple of years that shrinkage had fallen off the radar for stores? Was it something, I guess, you know, um, it's, retail's been tough and everyone talks about sales and how important sales are and you've got your internet sales as well as your 
um, bricks and mortar sales. So was was shrinkage something that sort of went to the back of mind for stores? Initially, when I first started in the role, it was, yeah, as I said, just a tick box kind of thing that we did for finance, knowing how much did we lose? Cool, let's start again. Here's your new stock file. Let's sell what we've got now. Mm -hmm. Um, So it wasn't really understood, I guess, in the way of analysis into categories and and where things were going wrong in regards, was it deliveries, is it a particular store, is it a particular region, all those kind of things weren't looked at. It was just, here's the total loss, was it good or bad in comparison to the company, the rest of the company, um, let's, let's, yeah, let's try and improve, right. do better next time yeah. kind of thing. So it wasn't a focus coming from up top. Uh, so obviously the stores weren't getting it. So really trying to break it down into ways they can understand why it is important mm-hmm. and what it means to their business. Yep. So so how do you do that? We've started looking at um, stock accuracy as well. So not just our shrinkage result is, is each unit that's supposed to be there, there, mm-hmm. not just your total loss. Um, that makes a lot more sense to the staff because... They see that as, um, so 98% accuracy, for example, oh, I'm only missing 2% of my stock or I'm only missed 2% of my opportunities. Mm. And they know that's really good. I guess everyone wants to be. Yeah, exactly. 99, 100% accuracy. So we have a benchmark for the company of 85%. Mm-hmm. And we've been since we've been looking at it, that's been, we've been hitting that pretty yeah, very, very well. Gee, that's good. Yeah, and then some. Because so. <laughs> <laughs> that's a tough one to hit and to, yeah. to know accurately how how well you're going on that. Yeah. I mean, day to day, we're probably not sitting at that point, but until we get um, measures that we can monitor more accurately from day to day, we, can't, we have to go from your stock take results. Mm-hmm. Um, it does take a bit of work to get to that point working on negative stock and all those kind of things but uh, generally that's where we kind of definitely sit is do you find that the stores embrace that now yes absolutely as it, opposed to just looking at shrinkage yeah and also it it showed w- our company was having a bit of misunderstanding in regards to your end shrinkage number because mm-hmm. we weren't really looking at what the negative stock numbers meant to us and positive variances so we could be saying to a store oh you only lost a thousand dollars of stock this round but it was actually eleven thousand dollars of loss and ten thousand dollars in positive we weren't looking at that we were just looking at the end number right but that's twenty one thousand dollars of missed opportunities yeah and no one was really understanding that until we started looking at Stock accuracy. So was there an event that happened for you guys to go, we've got to change this? Not an event. We started looking into RFID and how how we would measure, if, if we were to get RFID, how we would measure the improvement with having RFID. Mm-hmm. And in speaking with other retailers, they were saying you would look at your stock accuracy. Uh, so by getting the formula of how to look at my stock mm-hmm. accuracy because I'd not heard of that as a measure. It's always been shrinkage mm-hmm. to us. So in looking into stock accuracy, 
I got to see where we were at at that point without even looking at stock stock accuracy was still quite high. I was going to say, did it yeah. blow your mind the first time you looked at it? I thought go... it was going to be abysmal, but we were still pretty decent for it not being a focus at all. Yeah, that's good. So that that made me quite confident. We did then change um, point of sale, which obviously <laughs> plummeted a little bit. <laughs> um, but then in using that um, measure when we did change POS, um, POS provider, that showed me that there was an issue and that we needed to address it. Mm-hmm. I had a number other than our shrinkage to be able to go, we need to change our processes in regards to this new pause. So that was really, really useful mm-hmm. um, when we did change our pause providers, having a different number to look at. So tell me about some of the initiatives that you've put in place so that stores aren't on your radar. Because I'm going to take a wild guess and say... With loss prevention, they don't. Stores don't want to be on your radar. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you how do you work this with stores? Do you have a top ten stores that hit your radar that have get extra attention from you, or ha- what what strategy have you put in place for this? For shrinkage, we do have our uh, project group stores. So project group one is always our top or highest losses for the stock take period. Mm-hmm. Um, that benchmark changes. Um, as our company improves with our loss. So usually try and keep it under 10. Um, Then we also have project group two, which is our concerning stock accuracy. So if a store did fall below our benchmark of 85% stock accuracy, that would fall into project group two. Um, If they had a lot of positive categories in their losses or a lot of positive variances, that would be in project group two. And also we put new stores within Project Group 2 just to say, we're just going to keep an eye on you and see how you you go as a new store. Mm -hmm. So there's probably about 10 stores generally in both of those um, project groups combined. Mm -hmm. So it's not too bad. Um, But we're also looking at how stores perform across the year. Yep. So for the two stock takes that we do for the year and then also our loss prevention audits, which we do quarterly. Okay, so tell me about those. Uh, So we have a whole bunch of questions that are in regards to loss prevention um, and we've just recently categorised them in our six elements of (laughs) loss prevention. Yeah. Uh, So that's made it really easy for the girls to um, not just see their audit results as a final percentage but to see what areas they need to focus on. So we also score them percentage-wise, on each of the elements. So what So what are those six elements? So we have Locket, which is in regards to their physical security. We have Tagit, which is in regards to their product security. Bankit, which is in regards to their cash handling. Doit, which is policy and procedure. Gridit, which is their sales floor control. And Countit, which is their inventory control. Fantastic. <laughs> How long did it take you to get those? Oh, so long. <laughs> so I was trying to make it an acronym to make it really snappy and took me about a good whole day of just like trying to brainstorm, like, how do I make this easy and rememberable just so they know when I go, how's your tag at this this quarter? And they go, oh, we've got 75%. We need to like focus on our leather locks or this and this and this. So... It's more manageable rather than going, oh, you lost some marks on your LP audit. Mm -hmm. Do better next time. 
That's good. So all you have to say to them is, how did you go on Bank It? And they know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And they can reel off that figure of all their issue or problem. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, just this financial year we've started doing the, the breaking it down, but we've really rolled it out and made it kind of, along with the stock tech results, it's kind of your loss prevention go-to Bible really mm-hmm. is just all these results and how you've performed on each of these categories. So did you um, pilot this in one or two stores before you rolled it out to the fleet or was it just something that you went, no, what this no. is happening? <laughs> I, just, I just do it forever. I don't generally pilot these kind of things. It's more I start with, I start with a strategy and then I adapt it to how it's being taken on. Mm-hmm. I don't really put it into one store and get feedback and that kind of thing, which is probably a better way of doing things. But I I kind of, yeah, develop it, put it into everyone, get the feedback from everyone because you might put it into a store where you, where they love it and, they, and it's all fine, mm-hmm. but then you put it into another store and they just don't get it. But if you're getting, if you're putting it off into all your stores and you get the generally the same feedback, you just know that the stores that aren't getting it just need a little bit more work, mm-hmm. um, rather than changing the whole thing again and again and again to adapt for just one store that just doesn't get it. You just know you just need to give them a bit more love rather than changing your whole strategy. strategy. Yeah. yeah. So how was the feedback for these six elements? When I first put it out. I didn't really feel the love. I mean, you don't get the, no, no, but you you don't really get the the love from LP initiatives that you do like for sales and customer service and all that kind of things. So you don't really get that feedback because you're bad cop. I know, but you don't really get that feedback straight away. But since um, since it's been in and I've gone round to do the first lot of LP audits and been round to different regions to kind of announce the new structure of the LP audits it's been really good they've been thriving on it they know they know the questions a lot more because you've chunked chunked it down into sections they mm-hmm. know like well this week we need to work on like just making sure that all our banking's up to date yep um or all our answer, questions have been answered properly we're just going to focus on this bit this bit this bit and really chunking it down makes it really manageable and they get it a lot more and they remember it and yeah, it's exactly the same order as it has been for two years, but now they just really, really get it and, it, yeah, they love it and are really enthused about the So you've results. kept, you've kept the, the KISS approach, keep it simple. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, so not ch- Yeah, not changed anything, just changed how it's presented and it's a lot more fun and exciting somehow. <laughs> well, that's good though yeah. because I think that's probably one of the hardest things for loss prevention is that they're constantly rolling out these different strategies mm. and, and uh, training within stores to uh, bring loss prevention back to the forefront of everyone's mind. And, you know, it's a dry subject. It can be a pretty dry subject to talk about. Yeah. And sales and customer service are far more interesting and exciting and fun than LP who, you know, I always say bad cops that come in and sit there and go, no, don't do yeah, this and yeah. don't do that. You're doing this wrong. No. <laughs> yeah. And how can you improve? So it's. I think it's it's uh, it's really important that you've kept it simple. You've, you haven't actually changed much from what no. they had been doing, but now you've made it manageable for them and understandable and relatable for them. 
And most of the things, well, a lot of the things, especially in regards to the sales floor control, it's all customer service anyways. It's We're not asking them to do anything above and beyond what they're already doing. It's just uh, doing it with a different motivation. Mm-hmm. It's Yeah. So what sort of KPIs do they have for their six strategies? Uh, so same as the stock accuracy, actually. We keep it um, needs to be above 85%. Mm-hmm. Would they, we incentivize on the whole audit, mm-hmm. not the, the elements, but the whole audit needs to be above 85% mm-hmm. so that they get incentivized on that. Um, Is that a yeah. group incentive? Is it something like, you know, they get morning tea or...? They it goes with other KPIs as well. Mm-hmm. So the the whole store performs on uh, it's like wages, sales, uh, mystery shop, all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And as the store performs well, the manager performs well, they get incentivized on that. So it's it's driven with sales. So I know mm-hmm. a lot of people um, with LP gets gets pushed to the side, but it's all incentivized together. So for them to perform well, they need to perform well in LP as well. So I think that's it's, important, it's important too though. Yeah. Because we always talk about shrinkage, but if you improve your shrinkage that helps your sales. Exactly. So And that's been a really good thing to show as well in pairing the LP audits with their shrinkage results. You can see a store where they constantly fail on the target, mm-hmm. their shrinkage is they're gonna be in project group one for high loss. And you can see a store that fails, keeps failing on their counted. They're going to be in project group two for their stock accuracy. And you can, putting them side by side, you can see, hey, you're not doing enough on this. And that's why your stock take is bad. Mm. Improve this and this will, and your stock take will improve. And having it visually in front of them and so they can see that these two things matter and are linked, it really helps them yeah, f- drive a focus within the, within the store. Yep. So tell me, how do you get out of being one of those top 10 stores for shrinkage? <laughs> um, <laughs> what, what do they do? What do you... Oh, okay, firstly, let me rephrase it. What do you have to do to help them? Mm-hmm. And how do they how do they get out? Well, if, if they are not ticking the boxes in regards to their LP audits mm-hmm. so they're not doing their target they're not doing their counter they need to get start getting a hundred percent on those mm-hmm. to for me to see that there is another issue in their store because if they're not tagging their stock and they're losing it then that's because people are taking untagged stock yep if their their stock accuracy is poor because they're not ca- counting in their deliveries or accepting in their transfers in time that's because yeah, the stock accuracy is not there, mm-hmm. or the stock control is not there, sorry. Um, but if they're doing all those things and they're still having an issue, that's that helps me see that there is another issue going on in that store mm-hmm. and can help me identify it because I know that all these things are actually being done. I know because I've been there four times this year and I've checked it and it is being done, so we need to look at another reason why those things, like why the stock take is not where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, do we need to change different types of tags? Do we need to put in CCTV if that particular store did not have CCTV? Um, look into internal factors, all those kind of things. But knowing that I know that those 
five or seven questions within target or count it have are being done and successfully being done that's easy for me to discount those issues Mm -hmm. so do you celebrate when they leave the top 10 I do definitely announce it um, when it's more to do with the stock take results because that's a bit more regular or the LP results are a bit more regular than the full um, yearly results. Mm-hmm. So the full financial year results, we look at the the two stock take results and the LP for the year. Um, and that's kind of where I put my critical stores is if they perform poorly for all three. Mm-hmm. But obviously we do celebrate when stores improve their results or, um, yeah, come out of project group, especially if they've been there for a little bit and you can see the work that's gone into it. And, yeah, I, I love being able to go to a store that has performed historically poorly and I can do their order and just be like, that was 100% their faces. Like, yeah, it's, it's great. That's good. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very good. So how do you announce that to the rest of the company so that that recognition is there? Um, we have the newsletter, so all the results once um, all the LP results are done for the quarter, they go into the company newsletter, so they get announced across the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, stock take results get emailed out to uh, the retail head of retail, the director, all those kind of things. So seeing seeing my feedback in regards of what work they've done, um, how they've improved, that kind of thing, that goes to a lot of the high-level executives as well Mm -hmm. at a store level, so they see each store's results come through. Is there a bit of healthy competition between stores? Absolutely, yeah. 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 They want to know how other stores have gone, especially if if I'm travelling interstate. They want to know what the other stores have gotten so far when I I come into, like, maybe the last store of the region. They're like, how's everyone else gone? (laughs) (laughs) Or if I've been to one of the two city stores, like, oh, what did they get? <laughs> so that's good, though. It's good, and they want to know, and they and they care, and they'll they'll come up to me like we're ready, like we've, we've done so much work, and they they understand it as well. And sometimes when you get when you give someone poor feedback in regards to this wasn't done, this wasn't done, um, and they argue with you about it, that means they don't understand the importance of it, mm-hmm. and I'm not nowadays I'm not getting that arguing about their results like yes they're disappointed that they might have missed some points but when you explain to them what they missed and show them how they missed it potentially and they'll go yeah okay that's not good enough I'll I'll follow that up with the team so it's not it's not oh I want I want to get my points I want to get my incentive it's we need to do better as a store does it ever concern you that they only clean everything up the week before you get there and then the week that you have left that it goes back to, I guess, business as usual? Well, we, do, we don't tell them when we're coming in, obviously. Okay. right. <laughs> Sometimes you, they can guess, especially when you tie it in with some training. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, well, you're not coming all this way for, for just, <laughs> just some training. You're going to do some audits. So sometimes they guess. But because we do them, because we have 40 stores to do in three months, sometimes you might have done a store or done a region in the last month of the quarter. Mm-hmm. 
then they might be the first ones in a okay. quarter. So it's they always, always get a surprise. I'm like, you've just done it. And it's like, well, it should be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and also because we have different people doing the audits as well. So there's myself, there's um, my assistant, the area managers. If they go to different regions, um, we have different store managers that we're trying to heighten in loss prevention. They all audit other stores in the region. So we can make it very surprise visits yeah which is what you need to do absolutely because i think and you hear about it sometimes with um ceos when they go out to visit stores and the stores get told two or three weeks in advance that he or she is going to be there at that certain time so they clean up the store so it looks immaculate but that's not really what it's like when you and i go there shopping so yeah you need to see it how it really is and how things are the only thing that is a little bit hard to judge in relation to them knowing that you're in there is the uh, sales floor control Mm -hmm. because they know you're there they're going to be everywhere they're going to be um, taking all the items off the customer and taking placing them in the change room and counting them on the way out because they know they're being audited at that point because you're in the store yeah um but i also uh, take a bit of feedback in regards to if I've had to look into some um, incidents for them on their CCTV or so go have a look look back or have a think back did I see that same kind of control when they had an incident in store when I had a look at their CCTV as well mm-hmm. and just kind of judge a bit more on how it generally is yep. rather than when they are performing for me <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's really hard because, you know, I think with anything, whenever yeah. you're being audited and you know in advance... That, you're yeah, going to be in your best behaviour, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I think it's good that you do random ones. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's kind you of important. To. Yeah. Yeah, like you walk into the store and they're like, hi! Oh, <laughs> you're like I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what I'm here for. <laughs> so, in doing the audit, how long are you in store for for an audit? We've gotten them to very, like, pretty quick, and also with the changing of the layout of the audits is because you do a section at a time. Like, rather than walking around the store and trying to find everything um, in order of the questions, they're just in quick sections mm-hmm. now. So, you just go give me all your keys and I'll check off all your keys and your key log and all that kind of thing. You just do that really quickly. So I've gotten it down to maybe two hours. So I can do about three, three, maybe four at a push mm-hmm. in a day. Oh, And that's travelling around, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was anticipating you would say you were going to be in store for literally a day. No, no. One store a day. No, they can be really quick and especially, especially now that they're good at it and they know... When you come in, they're like, oh, here are the documents you need that you're going to check off. They bring it all out for you. Um, so you can get them done really quick, and especially, yeah, good stores that you're just you're literally checking off boxes. If it's a new manager or a new store or something like that, you will take the time to assess things and go through things with the manager, explain why things are important, Um yeah, obviously you'd go and you'd know which stores you needed to spend a little bit more time yep. in, but with the stores that are performing really well, if you had a region with it where the area manager just nails it and has that high expectation as well, you could get, yeah, four stores done in a day. It'd be really, really easy. And that's and that's the main thing is making it quick for the auditor. Yeah. So you're not 
for want of a better word, wasting your time. But rather than spending a lot of time going through a whole bunch of stuff, it's really high level important things that just should be done. And if they're not being done, that's an issue. Yeah. And that's why we're, dr- we're addressing it. Plus, I guess you don't want to take them off the, your, yeah. your team off the floor to help you when they really need to be looking yeah. after the customers as well. And most of the questions are not reliant on the team member having to help you check it. It might be just, oh, just let me know where you keep this and I'll I'll go and check it. So mm-hmm. you're not reliant on taking someone off the shop floor. So you can just go around and do it all yourself and that's really important as well. So what's been the feedback from the from head office or support office with regards to the audits? I think it's been really good in regards to that it's a focus, that the stores kind of drive it within themselves um, before you get there. They know it's coming up so they they make sure that they're compliant before you have to ask them. So them understanding that it's important mm-hmm. is a bit of a culture change for us. And to get that additional data from a head office point of view, it's obviously yeah. valuable. Yeah, and seeing who's performing as well. Like um, You can always go by sales, but if you're losing stock and someone's not operationally good, it might just be that they're good at selling but not the other things. Mm. And then knowing that well, this store constantly performs poorly in their LP. Um, that's a problem operationally. Yeah. So has this had a major impact on you and, and your assistant? Like, have obviously, you have to travel around to stores to do the audits. Does, does it take a lot of time and energy for to do that? Um, we, As I said with before, we, we try and keep it wrapped in with potentially training or other things. So, um, for example, I'm going to a conference um, this week. I'll wrap that in with store visits in that state. So it's not time wasting, yeah. as I say. Like you, you wrap it in with something else that you're already doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and make it worth worthwhile. So, do you think that another retailer could take this type of concept and implement it into their own environment? Absolutely. It just means. It's just really taking things that you would expect to see in your store and everywhere in all your stores and making making a checklist, really. Um, the game changer for me was to put it in a, a website form. So rather than having all these pieces of paper <laughs> that you have to go home and compile... Um, it's just a website form that just gets submitted and you can export to Excel and then you have all the data there. So then you can send the link to anyone else to do the audit for you as well. Yeah, so rather there's than, nothing worse than oh, paper and then getting home and then having to redo everything. And then you lose it. And remember yeah. things. And yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. The website has website form has changed it very much for, for us and made it so much easier. And so it's just a matter of, yeah, then choosing your questions what do you expect to see in your store when you go in there Mm -hmm. and what's important to you and your loss prevention strategies okay so what are the next steps for you at cook high in loss prevention (sighs) what's the next thing you want to do next thing i want to do um rfid Uh, that, that will definitely help. That your, would that will definitely inventory management. Yes, inventory management. It's definitely going to be. That's going to be a big project for me if we 
um, get it across the line and I think that'll be a big project for any retailer that decides to do it and just going to make that decision. Yeah, absolutely. Taking that the, the jump. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. leap of faith. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Amelia, we've made it to the final countdown. Yeah. So your last three questions, and this one, you, you can just say what, whatever you want, whatever <laughs> comes to mind. Um, so if you weren't involved in retail, what do you think you'd want to do? Um, I think, oh, not really sure. So I wasn't wasn't supposed to be in retail, I was supposed to, like, I just started in admin and then just didn't know where I was going from there. So, I don't know, I've, I've always been interested in anything weird and creepy, so, like, <laughs> I think I said last, I, I want to be, um, like, taxidermy or something like that, or mortician, <laughs> something, something weird. <laughs> <laughs> The, the strange thing is I can actually imagine you doing that. <laughs> and I say that with the greatest respect. I <laughs> if you could change anything in the retail industry, what would it be? Uh, retail industry or loss prevention? Well, loss prevention, retail industry. Okay. Um, I think the big thing is how scared or how protective some retailers are of sharing data mm-hmm. and collaborating with other loss prevention um, I get yeah I get that there's policies and procedures involved in some of the bigger brands um, but the biggest game changer for me was meeting other LPs and being able to collaborate mm-hmm. and yeah getting more data if, if you take that the obviously the sales figures and you know that's all mm. confidential why why don't why don't you guys collaborate? Like it's really difficult. And I think nearly every podcast we've done, this the word collaboration has come up, or yeah. the lack of co- collaboration has come up. And whether that be from um, the police, whether that be from yeah. um, any of our uh, academics that we've talked to, to people that are currently in loss prevention or or consulting in loss prevention, it's always coming up that there's not enough collaboration. And I don't know why it doesn't happen. I'm not sure if there's a reason why, but there might be a better way to find perhaps maybe your company's niche or your your area's niche in regards to collaborating. Like I have a few retailers that I do collaborate really well with and, and do get some intel from, but we are very similar in our retail area mm-hmm. so whereas we wouldn't get we wouldn't get a lot of collaboration from a bigger department store but a smaller boutique supermarkets. yeah <laughs> yeah supermarket but a smaller boutique might be um, might be more willing to share that information with you so trying to find who matches you in regards to client I guess clientele because you're going to get the same thieves get the same customers you get the same thieves so sharing that information is finding the getting them to know the value and understanding the value in collaborating Mm -hmm. we'll just keep that collaboration going yeah absolutely and lastly your advice for anyone wanting to get into retail loss prevention um, I think the most important thing, I just kind of remember when I was a little rookie and not really knowing what launch last for 12 years later. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like four years, four years for Lost Prevention, five years, something like that. Yeah, so 
don't be intimidated by the people who've been in the industry for years and years and years and especially don't be intimidated if you're a woman um, going into all the um, loss prevention conferences you just see a big sea of old white men um, <laughs> and and it's not a bad thing being a young female and you or just young or just female in general you have value just because you're new in loss prevention or any any role really is you have value in bringing something new to the table that someone who's been a cop for 20 years might not have fresh eyes are, are yeah. always yeah good because they look at it totally different to how things have been done for 20 years yeah so, um i think that's good advice very good advice. thank you <laughs> Amelia, thanks so much for sharing your initiatives uh, with me today and to help improve your shrinkage results within your stores. And I know that other retailers face very similar challenges. So hopefully you've given people some takeaways that they can work with within their own business. So if you'd like to get in touch with Amelia, you can find her on LinkedIn. You can subscribe to this weekly podcast via iTunes, Google Podcasts and Spotify. And there's a link to download episodes and show notes on the PPFF website. This podcast is proudly brought to you by the Profit Protection Future Forum. It is written and produced by Juliet Woodward and myself, Nicole Smith, and is kindly hosted by Wooshka. In the next episode of Retails, Conversations with Profit Protection, I'll be talking to Mark Boyd from Next Athleisure about the JD world domination and the challenges in dealing with an international brand. I hope you'll join me next week so we can keep talking all things profit protection. Thanks for listening to Retails, Conversations with Profit Protection. If you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe via iTunes, Google Podcasts or Spotify. If you want to find out more about the Profit Protection Future Forum, head to ProfitProtection.co or find us on LinkedIn. Drop us a message on info at ProfitProtection.co with feedback on our show.